So last week, we looked at Jesus' ministry in the Gentile region of the Decapolis and about how Jesus fed the 4,000 that were there. And Jesus and His disciples, you can imagine that they were on, uh, they were just so excited about what had happened, the way that God had been working through them in the lives of these people. Um, to be able to see the response that was there and, and, and to hear the excitement and to, to hear from people how they were praising God and just so uh, overwhelmed by the goodness of God that He would uh, provide for them, that He would come and, and give them new life, that He would bring them healing and all the rest of that kind of stuff. And, and we left off in Mark chapter 8, verse 10 with these words. Immediately, he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. Dalmanutha is on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And it's actually, um, nobody really knows where Dalmanutha is right now. There isn't any other um, uh, writings about this city. There's some speculation in, uh, in Matthew uh, he doesn't say Dalmanutha, he says Magdala, which could be the same city with just by a different name. Don't really know exactly, but anyway, we know that it is back on the, the western side of, of the Sea of Galilee and uh, back into the Jewish region of Galilee. And there is a welcoming committee there for him. And this is what we read. Verse 11. So the Pharisees came and began to argue with Him. Seeking from Him a sign from heaven to test Him. And Jesus sighed deeply in His Spirit. Why? Why does this generation seek a sign. Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them and got into the boat again and went to the other side. Jesus' words are much kinder than what my words would have been. Are, are, are you kidding me? You want a sign from heaven. How about, how about an angelic host praising God on the hills of Bethlehem for the coming, the arrival of the divine Messiah, announcing my birth there in Bethlehem? How about, how about a star in the heavens? leading the wise men from the east to Jerusalem where they asked you where the king of the Jews will be born. And you said in Bethlehem, you knew this was happening. How about at my baptism? There at the River Jordan where you came out to hear John the Baptist preach to call the nation to repentance. And there as I was lowered down into the water and risen back up again, the heavens opened 
The, the Spirit of God descended in a visible form and a voice from heaven, from God saying, You are my Son, and I am well pleased with you. What about one of the very first miracles? Fulfilling your tradition that said that only the Messiah would be able to heal a Jewish leper. And, and following through with all of the guidelines from the Mosaic laws, healed that leper and sent him back to the temple so he could show himself to you. How about the response that, that there at that, in, in Capernaum, when you all came to see and to see what it was that I was preaching and what it was that I was doing. And that paralyzed man was, was lowered down through the roof. And Jesus, I was able to, to establish my authority to forgive sins as the Son of Man here on earth by healing the paralyzed man, getting him to take his bed up and walk. And you all praised God, recognizing that the divine Messiah, the Son of Man, had come. What about, what about the, the authority that I was able to show by casting out demons, authority over the spiritual realm, by casting out demons in all kinds of situations and settings? What about all of the healings? The authority over the, the bodily ailments that people had, but those that were blind, those that were deaf, those that were sick. What about, what about the feeding of 5,000 Jews? 5,000 plus Jews with only five loaves of bread and two small fish. I don't know if Jesus was so much saying that, that no sign would be given to this generation, as much as He was saying, there isn't a sign that I could give you that would ever soften or break through the hardness of your heart so that you would be ready to receive Me as your Messiah. It's not that they lacked signs that they didn't want to believe. Because He didn't fit with their expectation of what Messiah would do. And they had hardened their hearts against Him. And there wasn't anything that He could show them that would bring them to a place of repentance. You know, I often think, Lord, Lord if You would heal this person, there would be a, a miraculous way that you would touch this person's body, which whatever, whatever ailment it is, the thing that, that the doctors have said would be impossible to ever heal. And you would touch that person. Surely, they would then believe. Others would see that kind of miraculous interaction from God and, and that they would then put their trust in you. doesn't always happen that 
somebody that was that that I know very well was on the the uh, on his not just his deathbed the doctors had determined that he was brain dead there was no life in him they had done all of the tests and they just said you need to just let him go and a few days later as the nurse went in to adjust his position so that they wouldn't have bed sores on him, he sat up and said, Good morning. I'm thirsty. And still walks around in this world today. Surely, he would recognize what God had done for him. I haven't seen the fruit of that yet. We think that God, if you were to do some some sign, we uh, we have those those uh, those atheists that are out there that are on the internet that would try and 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 proclaim. If God would just show Himself to me, I would believe. And you know that for most of those people, their hearts are so hard that even if God revealed Himself in the clouds in some way. They would find some way of explaining it away. Of ignoring it. Never softening their heart. (laughs) Again, this has happened another point where Jesus just got there. Just entered that region. And it's like encountered such opposition. He just got in the boat and left again. What a tragedy. And he left them, got in the boat, and went to the other side. There isn't anything that he could say, there isn't anything that he could do that would soften their hearts. And there as Jesus is in that boat, Leaving those hard hearts behind. He then turns to His disciples. We continue on in verse 14. Now they, the apostles, had forgotten to bring bread and they only had one loaf with them in the boat. But Jesus cautioned them saying, Watch out! Beware of the leaven or the yeast of the Pharisees and the leaven or the yeast of Herod. But they began discussing with one another that the fact that they had no bread. Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not perceive? Do you not understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said, well, and the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, 
Seven. And he said to them, Do you not understand? Here in the boat, Jesus is encountering those who should know. Those who should be aware. Those who have been with Him from the beginning and seen all of the things that He has done. All of the, the, the great works of miracles. Heard the great words. Connected with the loving heart. And even they weren't ready. That's, that's what Jesus is saying when He says, beware, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of, of, of Herod. He's talking to them about it's easy to condemn those, but watch out that you fall into the same traps. That you, even though you see all of these things that are going on, you harden your heart. We've seen that with the disciples time and time again, right? They're, they're seeing these amazing things and they're afraid. Jesus gives them an opportunity to step in and to, to, to be used to accomplish great things. And they totally miss the point. And His caution to them is beware that that, that slow, subtle, Creeping in of your heart, getting hardened. Oh, it happens so easily. We start getting caught up in the everyday aspects of our life, the the the, the monotony of uh, uh, of meals every day, of going to work, of getting ready, getting kids ready, of uh, of of looking after the house of of going back to bed and back in, and doing all of these same things. And we miss the wonder of God's hand at work all around us. We miss the blessing of His Word being spoken into our lives. We leave the Bible up on the shelf because we're too busy. we got too many things going on. We hear His voice calling us to obedience into into cautioning into into correcting some area of our lives where where we've gotten off the path we just ignore it and think oh it's not that big a deal that's just it's nothing and and continue on in that sin continue on on that path that maybe is a little gray but it's it's not a big deal I'm mature enough I can handle that. Allowing our eyes to see things that they should not be seeing. Allowing our, our mouths to be speaking things that should not be speaking. Allowing our, our feet to take us into places that we really should not be. And we ignore that voice of God and our hearts get a little bit harder. And it's not something that happens right off the bat. Even for the Pharisees, they started off 
recognizing who Jesus was, and they were all in. They were ready to to celebrate with Him and say the, the Son of Man, Messiah, has come and we will worship God. And they were all excited about Him joining into their tradition. And a little bit here, and a little challenge there. And they went, oh, we didn't like that. And then, and then Jesus did something else that, well, that doesn't quite fit with what I was thinking. And, and before you know it, the Pharisees and the Herodians are consulting together of how they might destroy him. Watch out. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of the heretics. We need that as much today as the disciples did back then. Our hearts can get hardened. It's a subtle, slow process. But if we're not careful, if we're not wary, we can suddenly find ourselves very far away from who God is and who He wants to be in our lives. How do we deal with that? How do we how, how, how do we just beware and watch out? How do we guard ourselves from from having eyes but not seeing, having ears but not hearing, having a mind but not understanding, not perceiving? Mark shares a story with us that answers that question, I think, very wonderfully. Verse 22. And they came to Bethsaida. Now this isn't the other side back in Decapolis. This is the other side up in the northern part of the Sea of Galilee where they've landed their boat. That's where Bethsaida is. Still in the Jewish held uh, areas. So they came to Bethsaida and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes, laid his hands on him and said, Do you see anything? It's a very similar question. What he asked the disciples. You have eyes? Don't you see? Do you see? Are you perceiving? laid his hands on him and asked him, do you see anything? And the man looked up and said, I see men, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. And he opened his eyes and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. So Jesus sent him home saying, do not even enter the village. The glorious, miraculous touch of the Savior. You want to know how to guard against a hard heart? How to, how to, to keep yourself from having eyes that don't see? Submit yourself to the touch 
of the divine Messiah. Keep in close connection with Him. Allow Him. Allow Him to have access in your life time and time again. Don't just, don't just leave it for Sunday morning. Have Him touching your life, speaking into your life on a, on a daily basis. And through that touch, allow Him to open up your eyes. Allow Him to soften your heart so that you can perceive, that you can understand, that you can know. It's an interesting story. It's not that Jesus' first touch was insufficient. That somehow Jesus didn't do a good job the first time, so He had to come back and do it again another time. What they're showing us is that there is a need for an ongoing, continuous connection with the Savior. That He will help us. Sometimes... We think we understand. But there's more that we need to see. We, we think we know who Jesus is. We think we know what He's calling us to, what He's doing in our lives. But we need to, to keep coming back, to keep connected with the Savior and allow Him to open up our eyes so that we can see clearly. Next week, we're going to come up to a moment in the life of the disciples where there's an opportunity where they're beginning to understand. But they're not seeing fully yet. They're not understanding completely. That's the same thing with us. In order for us to be able to truly understand, we need to be in a place where we encounter the Savior time and time again in order to open up our eyes, to help us guard against that hard heart. If you're here today and you have been a follower of Jesus all of your life, you need a touch from the Savior today. You need to hear this message of being aware, of being cautious not to allow the yeast of the Pharisees and the Herodians to work its way into your life. Maybe you're here today and you have never made that commitment. You have never, you have never really seen Jesus clearly. Let me encourage you. Put yourself in a place where He can touch you today. Where He can open up your eyes and help you to understand. There are all kinds of people here who would love to be able to walk through that with you. You can come talk with me. Graham and Shirley would love to chat with you. Cody's in the back. Uh, so many that are here. You may have come with somebody today who can share that with you. Don't walk away today without allowing the Savior to put His hands on you and to open up your eyes. Let's pray.
Jesus, I thank you for the way that you have shown me in this last week the way that my heart has been hardened. The way that I have been discounting your voice speaking into my life. Thank you for the sure but gentle touch of your hand. Pointing out those areas of my life that that I've been allowing to get hard. I pray for all of us that are here. There isn't any one of us that has somehow progressed past a point where we no longer need your touch. Each one of us needs your touch this morning, God, and your Holy Spirit has been doing just that. I pray for those that that this morning have heard your Spirit put his finger on an area of their life where they have been hardening their heart, where they've been ignoring your voice. Precious Jesus, would you would you lay your hands on them so that they can see? Father, for those who maybe for the first time are starting to see you this morning. Would you give them the courage, the strength to to talk with somebody today? To hear from your voice and allow you to touch them in a supernatural salvation way today. To bring new life and new birth into their lives. We live in a world that that has so much yeast in it that so easily creeps into our lives. So Lord, as we go from this place, would you just keep touching our eyes, helping us to see, speaking your words of caution and warning to beware. And would we be able to go from this place shining the light of your love into this world? Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.